Again, Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered round him was so large that he got into the boat and sat in it while on, out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop some multiplying 30, some 60, some a 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed along the path, where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like the seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Morning, everybody. Um, right. Well, um, you have a Barry White impersonator preaching to you today, so um, see how long I last. Um, but I might keep it a little bit shorter than normal today. Um, so, yeah, we're looking at Mark chapter 4, um, verses 1 to 20, the parable of the sower. And um, you may have with you your. Has anyone got one of the black Mark's Gospels? Give it a wave. Just to encourage you, if you've got one, brilliant, feel free to write in it. And if you would like one, we're happy to order some more for people. So come and see me at the end. We would love everyone to have one of those um, Mark's Gospels that you can write in, during, um, especially during the times when we're, we're preaching. Well, <coughs> one, one, there are many reasons why people say they struggle to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Maybe 
if you're like me, it can be out of shyness, feeling a little bit scared of what people may think. Sometimes it can be apathy, feeling, not really feeling, oh, having a heart for the lost. But quite often, it can actually be our theology. And so we know, hopefully, we may well know, that God chooses people from before the foundation of the world. He chooses people. He knows who are going to be his. And maybe sometimes that truth can make us ask the question, why do I need to share the gospel? If God knows who are going to be his, if God knows who's going to hear and who's going to accept him, then why does it matter if I share the gospel or not? Surely my actions make no difference then. Well, what we're going to see next week, if you come back, hopefully you will do, is we'll see God's role in watering and growing and people coming to faith. But this week we're going to focus on actually what our role is in that, our personal responsibility in that. Two tensions in it. God knows who are going to be his, and yet he still wants us to be part of his wonderful plan to share the great news of Jesus Christ with people. Both are true, both are right. So come back next week to hear the the second part of this, but I'm just going to move quite quickly through here. Um, So here we see that Jesus is um, teaching his first parable. And actually two-thirds of Jesus' teachings in the gospel are parables. So he likes to talk in stories, stories um, of um, earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. But parables are also have some other things in them. It's a simple term for an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, but also it provides an insight into the nature of the, sorry, of the coming and growth of the kingdom of God. That's what a parable is about. How God's kingdom is coming, how it's coming, it's growing, it's expanding. His realm, he's obviously in control of everything. He's created everything. But not everybody knows him yet, but his church is growing. The people of God are growing. His kingdom is growing. And that's what Jesus' parables show and talk of. They stimulate the thinking of its hearers. He, they use everyday objects to reveal spiritual truths. Today, we're going to see about a farmer, a seed, and some soil. They reveal more truth to people with receptive ears. He has ears, and he's willing to hear, let him hear. And also, it draws attention that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is God's chosen Messiah. And there is an encouragement to make a decision about him. So we see in verses 3 to 8, we see here that the parable of the sower also probably should be better named the parable of the soils because here we talk about, Jesus talks about the, the seed, the gospel, falling on the path, on rocky ground, on soil with thorns, and on soil that is good and produces fruit. So today what I want us to see is that we must spread the gospel that people might hear the word of God. We must spread the gospel. This is not we might. We could do if we wanted to. This is we must share the gospel that people might hear the word of God. And the key point, the kingdom of God through the preaching of the gospel, will break into this world like seed being sown by a farmer. Let me say that again. And a baby a bit closer. The kingdom of God, 
through the preaching of the gospel, will break into this world like seed being sown by a farmer. It will do. Thank you, Ben. (laughs) The good news of Jesus Christ as we spread the gospel is going to fall on various places. It's going to receive various responses. But eventually, we can guarantee, God can guarantee, that there will one day be a tremendous harvest. There will be. God's kingdom will grow. It will mature. And although we maybe don't see it in this country, obviously, there are one billion professing Christians across the world. One billion. His kingdom is growing. It is growing in other parts of the world. It is still growing in the UK in some places. We see it is happening. His gospel is being sown and it's being harvested. But what determines the growth? What determines the growth is the type of soil, the type of heart that it lands on. We saw in that video, didn't we, that, that really this is a metaphor for people's hearts. The soil is people's hearts. What is needed to understand what Jesus is saying in his parables is a heart, a spiritual heart, that is alert and hungry. Hungry to hear. But the message for us is simple. We must sow the seed of the gospel. We must sow the good news of Jesus Christ so that others might hear and they might respond. That is our role. That is what God has given us to do. That is our purpose. You see, we are not to scatter scarcely or sparingly, but on a large scale. You chuck it out there. Now, um, a friend of mine, when I was growing up, um, his family owned a massive farm. And every year I'd go out there and I'd get to watch as they would plough the fields and they'd scatter the seed. And there wasn't just a few seeds. Literally, they'd be putting in tons upon tons of, of bags of seed into the machinery. Oh, I don't know what it's called. Um, and it was just scattering out everywhere, absolutely everywhere. The bigger the field, the more seed that needs scattering. 1.2 million people in the city of Birmingham. Pretty big field, isn't it? The gospel needs to get out there. It needs to be scattered. Responses will vary. God is responsible for that. But our part is to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. I just remember a couple of weeks ago, we got the privilege of meeting Adam, who is um, Gareth's friend, and had a really wonderful chat with him. Someone that came to faith recently, it was about six months ago, Gareth, I think. And how he came to faith was someone knocking on his door, sharing their story, and that story intersected with his, and he came to know the Lord. What a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. Someone being obedient to knock on the door, knocking on loads of doors, but knocked on his door. Didn't know who she would meet. And yet, Adam comes to faith. What fields can you scatter in? Where can you intentionally share the good news of Jesus Christ? We've got our workplaces, we've got our homes, we've got our neighbours. He has us in different places at the moment. Numerous different fields that we are part of, that we are able to scatter in. And just to encourage you as well, everything that we do as a church is producing fields in which we can scatter the good news of Jesus Christ. It was wonderful hearing from Amy of the things that were doing the English class and the choir, but hopefully you saw the heart behind it that she shared. 
is we want to do these good things to bless the community, and they're great things to do. But we want to create fields in which to scatter the seed, to share the good news. The cafe, what is this here for? To bless the community. But ultimately, we're here to share the gospel. Your mums, mate, loving little ones. The community nights that we have, they're all things that we put on for us to be able to have fields that we are able to go into and scatter the seed, the good news of Jesus Christ. Could you join in one of those fields? Maybe you already have a field that you're reaching unbelievers in, but sometimes not all of us do. Sometimes we need these places. Is there a field that you could join to bring people into, unbelievers into, to get around fellow believers, build relationships, Scatter that seed. God's plan for growing his kingdom is through seed sowing. We get to be part of it. We get to be the farmer. Maybe think of, many would be familiar with the story of Hudson Taylor, who headed off to China, I think it's 18, something, 1830, something like 1840. And, um, He went out there on his own, and he was preaching, and it fell on deaf ears to begin with. People mocked him, people ridiculed him, spoke when he was preaching or over him. And then after 51 years of faithful service, he baptizes over 50,000 people, sends over 850 missionaries to China, sets up churches, discipleship groups, and now there's over 50 million people today in China that profess Jesus through his pioneering boldness to enter a field that no one had ever been to to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Now I know this is China um, and, and that's not here, that's not here in the West but, but he went, he listened to where the Lord wanted him to go and he went. Is there somewhere that the Lord is calling you to? Maybe it's not China, maybe it is, who knows? But the heart of this church, the heart of this Oikos Collective group of churches is to go to places where there is little or limited gospel witness, to go and share Jesus with people. Is there a way in which you could continue or other areas in which you could partner in that way? So firstly, we must spread the gospel that people might hear the word. But secondly, if we do not listen to the word, we will not benefit. If we do not listen to the world, we will not benefit. In verse 10, you turn to that with me, please. It says, when he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. See, the disciples, I love this, the disciples wanted more of his teaching. They wanted to know more. They didn't quite get it, but they wanted to know more. And those on the inside will be granted access and insight into the secrets of the kingdom of God. But those on the outside will get no explanation but only more parables. And to drive this home, what Jesus says, he quotes Isaiah 6, um, verses 9 to 10, where he says, um, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Basically, I want you to imagine... Some clay and some wax laid out in the sun. What happens when clay meets the 
sun. It hardens, doesn't it? When wax meets heat, what happens? It melts. So the word of the gospel will offend hearts of clay. Those that are resistant and those that are rebellious, it will offend. But for those with a moldable heart, with a wax heart, with a, with a heart that is receptive to the word, it will melt and they will hear it. But I just want to be clear, this is not that outsiders have no chance of possibly believing in the word of God. But if they persist in their unbelief, they will not receive more evidence or more revelation. Verse 25, he says to Jesus, the one who has more will be given. and The one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And I encourage us, love the word of the Lord. The more we love it, the more we'll be given. The more we love him, the more it will be given. The word of God is able to satisfy us. Because it reveals God in there. The more time we get to spend in it, the more time we get to pursue it, the greater benefit it is for us and to us. What a benefit it is to know more of God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it a great benefit? The more we read of his word, the more time we spend with him, the more of him we know. And he wants to reveal more of himself to you. More will be given. More of knowing him, more benefit, more knowledge of him that truly satisfies. Whenever you spend time with someone that is clearly saturated in the word of God, it's just wonderful, isn't it? You see it almost beaming out of them that they are saturated in the word of God, that they know it that they know him, they have that intimate relationship with him. You see the fruit in their lives. In the times of when they're hard and they're tough, you see them deal with it in a way that has an anchor that is solely in the Lord. They give great godly wisdom, and you see fruit and growth in their lives. But there is a warning here to refuse the word of God that even the understanding that you, that, that, uh, that you do have will be taken away. If we refuse to listen to it, as we saw last week, we see the scribes, the teachers of the law, people that should know the word better than anyone else or think they do know it better than anyone else, refuse to come into the word of God, refuse to see who Jesus is, that he's the promised Messiah. In fact, they refuse to see that the good that he is doing is good and is from God, and they call it evil. They believe that he's demon-possessed. That's a heart of clay that's hardening in the sun. See, the responsibility lies with the hearer for refusing. So I implore you today, if you have ears to hear, let him hear. Maybe you've been part of this for a while. Maybe you like, oh, um, haven't made a decision whether Jesus is your Lord and Saviour. Can I implore you? He is calling to you now, telling you, hear what I have to say. to him receive forgiveness repent and believe in him listen to what he's saying firstly we we must spread the gospel that people might hear the word 
If we do not listen to the word, we will not benefit. And finally, the fruitfulness of the gospel depends on the hearer's receptivity. The fruitfulness of the gospel depends on the hearer's receptivity or reception. Go with receptivity. In verse 13, Jesus basically says that if you struggle to understand this parable, you're going to struggle to understand the rest. Why? Because it's only those with willing hearts and willing ears that will be able to understand. This is the basic one. This is the basic teaching of the kingdom of God. What soil are you? Hard hearts have deaf ears, cannot learn anything. Now, I remember as a PE teacher, one of the things that I'd always do is I'd teach gymnastics every year. And you'd teach each of the, each of the, um, the moves. I don't know if I called them moves back then. Um, but uh, a roly-poly or a gambol, if you're from Birmingham, a gambol, a handstand, a, um, some other moves. What else do you learn? A cartwheel, yes. I love, love doing a cartwheel. But if they couldn't do a gambol, there wasn't a chance they were going to be able to do anything else. And I knew the children at the end of the six weeks when they had to do a routine for me and I'd give them assessment, I'd give them a grade, and I knew the ones that were going to do really well were the ones that had listened, were the ones that had gone for the basic moves, first of all, before adding anything else to it. And quite often it was hilarious to watch. Children attempt moves that they'd never been taught they couldn't master a gambol, and yet they were trying to do a backflip. Um, and so Jesus is saying, look, if you, you, if you can't understand this basic one, you will not be able to understand anything else that I have to teach you. And so we need to understand this one first. Which, what soil are you? What soil are you? But also thinking about what, what one of these soils that we're going to look at now do you think our culture shows itself to be? What culture are we amongst at the moment? We see the first one, the soil of some hearts is hard, like the path. It is Jesus who is the sower, but so are all of us believers who have the good news of Jesus Christ to go and tell others. But, but does our society have gospel deafness? Are they hard to it? Are they skeptics that dismiss the world without giving it careful consideration? We see the soil of some hearts is shallow, Falls on the rocky places. They welcome it, they receive the word with joy, and then after showing signs of maturity and sprouting up quickly, what happens? They have no roots. Persecution comes, and they fall away. Some of the soil is some hearts that are distracted, that are thorns, Jesus says here. They receive it warmly, more warmly than the first two, and they, they get distracted by the worry, the wealth, craving for things of this world. And the stuff of this life is more important than what's to come. Or is it the soil of some hearts is fruitful, good soil, that hears the good news of Jesus Christ and they receive it and they're receptive to it and they grow and produce fruit. Jesus says in John 15 that the one who remains in me and I in him will produce fruit. So what type of soil is most prevalent in our culture, do we think? I think it's a hard path, isn't it? But we still scatter. We still scatter. Because we never know if there's some good soil around there that it falls upon. But also it's good to ask us ourselves the question of what type of soil 
do we sometimes feel like as a believer? If we've heard the good news of Jesus Christ and we're flourishing, we're, we, we know we're good soil, but we still struggle with being distracted, don't we? The distractions of this world, money, wealth. We have to be careful not to be too hard on ourselves, but also we do need to keep watch. Are we letting weeds appear in our good soil? Are we letting distractions? So I'm asking you this question, are there some potential weeds that are creeping in that might need cutting out, that might be distracting you? I'd write that down and have a think about it. Good soil can still attract weeds. Is anything needs cutting out from your life? Any of the cares of the world that seem to be distracting you or pulling on you at the moment, acting like a weed in your life? Now, I'm not very good at gardening, as you'll see if you ever come around to see our garden. Weeds are rife. We have a lovely flower patch, but also in that flower patch, there are probably just as many weeds. But when I am gardening, and I do pull up those weeds, how beautiful the flower patch looks, how beautiful things that can actually grow in that soil. But we have to keep weeding. We have to make sure we get out there and we face it to and we look at what are the weeds and we get them out of there. What are your weeds? But you see, the hearing here is active, it's not passive. They are active, aggressively pursuing the words. And we see that as we do that, look what happens in verse 20. Others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, accept it and produce a crop that is some 30, 60 or 100 times what was sown. There is a promise that comes with being receptive to God's word that it will produce fruit. It will produce fruit. And maybe at times in our Christian life we can feel that, where is the fruit in my Christian life? Where can I see it? And sometimes we don't always see it. But the Lord is at work in you. He is. And there is the opportunity for it to produce a crop of some 30, 60 or 100 times what was sown. I promise. Maybe it's fruit in our own lives, but I think it's also fruit in other people's lives. I think people come to know the Lord. We want to see many people come to know him. We want to see, we don't necessarily want to see this church get bigger for our own sake. We want to see it get bigger because we want to see God's kingdom grow. We want to plant churches across the city in areas where, um, where there are fields that haven't been sown into yet. We want to see fruit, don't we? We want to see a baptistry here every single day, every single week, and we're baptising people. But we need to be receptive to God's word. We need to listen to it. We need to have it act on our own lives. And so just a a few things just to think about how we can be, um, in human terms, how can we be helping our soil remain good? Just really simple. Things. Just be greedy for the word of God. Be greedy for his word. Grab hold of it. Grab after Grab after it. We can take for granted so much that we have wonderful new church Bibles right in front of us. 
But sometimes the ease of having access to something actually makes it harder to go to it, doesn't it? We take it for granted. I remember um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Kevin Sheckler from Hope Church was sharing at the collective meeting that we have every month. And, and it was absolutely, um, well, it's only a couple of weeks ago, so it has stayed with me, but I think it will stay with me for a long time. And he was sharing how he was um, in the Marines and he was um, in the Gulf about to go into Desert Storm, into battle. And he had the word of God on his heart. He said every day when they're on patrol, he would just be meditating on scripture each and every single day. And he wrote a letter to his family. They were told to write a letter back to their families because they didn't know if they were going to come home. And in that letter, just off the top of his head, was a dozen scriptures that he wrote to encourage them that whatever happens, he's okay. He knows where he's going to go. But, and, he, and he was showing this talk because he was saying, what can I learn from my 22-year-old self now? And it was Psalm 119. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees and I will not neglect your words. That'd be wonderful to say of ourselves that we, we are greedy for the word of God. Don't take it for granted. Enjoy that we have it there. and See the fruit that is born from that. Just think the words that he had on his heart that he was going into battle with, that he was able to share with other Marines and other people that he was going into battle with, offering peace. Have the word of, in your heart. Bring the word to one another. I think a simple way is if you've got the word of the Lord on your heart, go and give it to other people. Go and share it. Share encouragements. Share what the Lord has been speaking to you about that day. In your gospel community groups, our groups that meet um, throughout the week, share what the Lord has been putting on your heart. Open up and share. In your DNA groups, if you're part of a di- more of an intimate discipleship group that we offer here, share what the Lord has been putting on your heart. In fact, to help you do that, I'm going to give you something before you go, or just a bookmark for you to ask yourself some questions as you're reading the Bible. Bring the word to one another. What a great privilege it is to be able to share the word of God with other people. And then just finally, act in obedience to what it says. We want to see fruit in our lives. We want to see fruit in the lives of others. If we act in obedience to what the word says, what Jesus is saying to us as we come to it, going to change us. It's going to help us be more fruitful. And you never know, it might make us more effective. Well, I think it will make us more effective. Be farmers that scatter that seed widely. So we must spread the gospel that people might hear the word of God. If we do not listen to the word, we will not benefit from it. And the fruitfulness of the gospel depends on the hearer's receptivity. Let him who has ears, let him hear. Amen, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you have given us the great privilege of sharing your good news with those around us. Thank you, Lord, that we don't necessarily need to 
go abroad. We can do, but we don't necessarily need to go abroad to, to share your good news, to find a field that hasn't been reached. Lord, we, we know there are countless areas of this great city of yours that have little to no gospel witness. I pray for boldness in our own lives to, to go out and, and be able to be growing confidence to share something of you, even this week with colleagues, with people at home, friends, family. I pray for the ministries of this church, Lord, that we do, that we, we wouldn't lose sight of why we're doing them. Let our heart always be that we want to share your good news with those around us. And Lord, let us think of ways in which we can partner, that we can be part of these these ministries to to share your good news. Father, I pray for our own hearts. I pray that we would be receptive to your word, that we would be people that are greedy for your word, that have it on our hearts, that, that cannot go a day without needing to or wanting to read it. I pray that we would act in obedience to what you call us from your word to do, that we'd be hearers and doers of the word. And Lord, let us, let us use your word to help us root out any weeds of distraction that might be coming into our lives that are harming our gospel witness. And Father, we thank you that you use us as part of your plan. So you'll see. And I pray that we'll be encouraged that we know that it is you that ultimately waters and grows. We get, to, we get to scatter that seed. I pray all these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen.